Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Pray that you never find soul. Written by 107 Zombly. In all my experiences as a ship captain, I've acted upon a plethora of stupid ideas. From boarding actions in the heat of battle to navigating asteroid fields on pure instinct. But beyond everything I've ever done in my time at the helm of a space-faring vessel... There is but a single idea so terrible I would never attempt it again. Let me tell you, my friend, about the first and the last time that I'd ever attempted the abduction of a death wilder. When the god's name do you mean it broke the restraints? Tok looked as though he had been seeing a dead rising, his bulbous eyes darting around the room in panic. I mean, when I just said it tore through the restraints... We tried to use the prods on it, but it didn't even seem phased. We had those things turned up high enough to kill a person, and it hardly flinched. What the hell do we do? It's going to... Uh... I cut him off, panic rising, going to solve the problem. Be quiet, you crap, and calm down. Where is it now? The lack of concern I showed in that moment was probably the best thing for my crew's momentary terror, but the worst for the situation that I'd unknowingly thrown us all into. I still dismissed the idea at the time that this could be a life or death problem. To me, it was just a minor inconvenience, not something worth doing anything drastic over, and those damn thoughts still haunt me to this day. What if I had understood the dryness of the situation then? Perhaps I could have been able to save the others. It's still in itself at the moment, but when I was heading up here, it sounded like Yok and Jehol were having trouble keeping it that way. As he spoke, with our knees entering my stomach, but it certainly wasn't something to give me pause in my reply. Okay, look, if it makes you feel better, we can... Uh, the radio suddenly burst to life. Captain, it broke containment. Now, it was something that made me rather surprised, and unease within me began to grow. I grabbed the transmitter to respond. What? How? A room is made to withstand bolt fire. Hurt! Oh, God! It grabbed Yok with one of its manipulators, and... And what? Come out with it! I could hear Jahal stifling a sob on the other end. It went with a remote, and he... he took, uh, Yok's arm with it. What do you mean, he took Yok's arm? He tore Yok's arm off. It was like putting apart a ball of moss. Now that... that finally got me worried. Before I could respond again, the transmitter was filled with muffled screams, and then nothing. Nothing but the sound of heavy footsteps. Looking back, Patutok, I could see the fear in his eyes, his mouth quivering. Standing there, at a loss for words, it took me a few moments to process what had just happened myself. But no sooner did I understand what was happening, did I tell Tok to gather the crew. We would have to sit at ambush. We set ourselves up in the hallway between the detainment section and the ammunition storage. If that monster wanted to make it as anywhere near in the ship, it had to go through here. 
Besides, all the weapons were nearby too, though I was hoping we wouldn't be needing them. The moments seemed to drag on to eternity. All of us were just sitting there behind our makeshift walls and gripping our energy rivals ever tighter. But from the distance came a sound. Eventually, it was a slow rhythm. Every second a firm sump, and with every passing beat, they grew louder. It was getting closer. By the time it rounded the corner, most of my crew were shaking, dreading what could have ripped one of them apart with ease, and they were horrified by the sight. We all were. As it strode into view, it dawned on me that this may be more than even a whole crew could handle. The thing stood more than double my height, and I was already abnormally large for my species. It was a biped with legs that must have been as thick as trees and covered in a bright blue blood that I could only assume was from Yok. And the arms on the creature, they looked as though they were made of steel, the muscle bulging against the pale skin, and the more I looked, the more the fear beneath my heart built. The whole body was the same imposing and stone. Atop the head was a tuft of grey hair, frayed and rough. But finally, I looked into its eyes, green and empty as they were. It seemed as though this, uh, thing was incapable of emotion. I didn't understand then that those were not empty eyes, but rather, I think those were the eyes of simple confusion. It stood there still, looking across us all, weapons at the ready, prepared to fire on my command. But I first turned to talk and spoke quickly. Take a few and dismount the bolt rifles from the firing position. Set it up behind the door to the rear and be ready. If nothing else, that'll take the monster down. He nodded and grabbed the three others with him, leaving the rest of us to our fate. I turned back towards the creature in the doorway, locking my eyes with it, and then I screamed my command. Fire! The roar of the energy rifles was absolutely deafening, but for all the show, I let the doubt seep into my mind. It's gonna get up. This isn't enough. But for the moment, the creature had curled up into a ball, impossibly small, and the plasma streaks melted its skin, scorched whatever heat touched. But then came a mighty roar, deafening above even the blast of fire, and the monster looked up from its ball, with its eyes filled with hate, burning fury. It moved faster than I thought any living thing could. In two strides, it was upon the first barricade, and it jumped over them as though crossing a small stream. Without a loss of momentum, it spun one leg, swiping out the back of its manipulator, crushing three of my crew in a single instant. Though I couldn't hear the strike over the other energy weapons, I could see all three of them slam into the wall next to each other, going limp on impact. The rest of the crew began to waver, stepping back, letting up their fire. A mistake. The creature took advantage of the falls in the relentless fire to push forward, smashing its way through my helpless crew, all splattered over the wall, the floor, the ceiling, and one another. Unstoppable. It was then that my spirit too broke, and I fled the screams, the tremendous slaughter in the hall. I ran out the door to where Tok had gone and sealed the entrance behind me. Before Tok and the others looked back towards me, filled with fear, still placing the bolt rifle onto its new mount. Sir, what happened to the... Hurry up and get that thing ready to fire, I cut him off, 
There was no time to answer his questions. Our survival depended on his equipment now. I don't know how much time we have until... I was interrupted by a tremendous sound, the crunch of metal. I turned back to the sealed door slowly, and what met my gaze filled me with true dread. In the bulkhead was a massive dent near the size of one of the monster's manipulators. The door would not hold. How could we expect it to? I hurried to the few survivors to cock the weapon, its massive ropes taking all of our strength to pull back. While I waited, facing the door, with dents growing ever larger, ever deeper. Not a moment after, we were ready to fire. The door finally gave way, and out stepped the horror, splattered in blood. The blue mixing with the dark red on the ends of its manipulators, and one of its eyes had a combat knife planted firmly into it. Someone has truly given a good attempt, but the damn thing just refused to kneel. Shoot it! Damn it! Shoot it! Then Tok has subtle single bolt fly. The bolt hit the creature just to the right of what I think was center mass, embedding itself into the monster's chest. Finally, something made the thing stop. It looked down and grasped the end of the bolt, hardly sticking out beyond its skin, and he fell to one knee, denting the floor with a force of weight, the creature's breathing becoming more noticeably blabbered. It spit out a massive puddle of dark red into the floor before it. A brief moment, I let hope flood my head. Maybe we could survive this after all. But the hope was dashed quickly as it came. Its head lifted again, a droplet of water cutting through the blood on its cheek, draining from the remaining eye. And it stood again. Christ, in spite of the obvious pain, the blood running from its jaws, the fricker stood again, letting off a roar greater than the first, so loud that my eardrums burst. It moved forwards, still blisteringly fast, and picked up the bolt rifle like it was a toy. It threw the rifle with incredible force into the remaining crew. Only Tok and I had the luck to avoid being bloody by the contraption. Sadly, though, Doc's luck ran out, too. Before he could so much as scream, the monster grabbed him by the legs, crushing them in its fists, then grabbing a hold of Doc's neck and lifting him above the head and... uh, pulled. Though my hearing was shot by this point, the sound of someone being ripped in two is loud enough that it didn't really matter. Like wood being crushed or torn by a chipper, the thing ripped Doc clean in two... And even if I couldn't hear his last cries, the image of his face in sheer agony had stuck with me for many years. I don't think it's something that I could ever truly forget. Though by this point the creature was beginning to slow, it was far too panicked to really take notice. My head was swimming, burning through any ideas I had left, and then it hit me. Vent the ship. It has to work. Nothing could survive a vacuum. Anything that breathes, at least. And that thing, it clearly did so. So, I turned and ran. I ran so fast that my legs would carry me. I didn't even bother to shut the bulkhead doors behind me. And with every passing instant, the creature's steps were getting louder. Thump. 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 Finally. I reached the bridge, I spun around the seal on the door behind me, and there it stood, just in front of me. 
blood streaming from its mouth like a river. But there it stood. It took one more step, and again, as it was when it first struck it, vaulted to a knee, its manipulator reaching out and grabbing me by the neck, and I felt its grab tighten for a moment. But then it loosened, and fire in its eyes had finally faded, and its grip on me slowly died. As it fell to the floor, so did I collapse, passing out by the sheer exhaustion and panic. When I awoke, I was greeted by that cold eye, dead, but still looking, watching me. I left that system, and I burned the map. I left no way back, and this is my warning to you. Never should you seek out those monsters. Hope that you never find their home. Pray that you never find soul. End of story. Story number two. Tales from Tech Support. Magic Smoke. I thought this job would be a challenge. After working on the front lines of human tech support, I really expected supporting a whole space station to be worse. It isn't. It is easier, sure. These guys are geniuses who can do six-dimension geometry in their heads. Sure, they think themselves above me. But you know what? Really shoves humble pie down their craw. Printers. They may be geniuses at mathematics. They may be talking millions of dollars above my pay grade. But they still can't figure out why the printer breaks down. To be honest, neither do I half the time, but I can fix it, mumble something about I.O. errors, and think I'm a computer god. Yesterday, I had a big issue. One of the big batch printers was having an issue. I got a call from Zacherblash... Zacherblash... User X. X. The printer let out a magic smoke. Me. I'll see if I can... What? X. The magic smoke you said keeps it from breaking down and expelling like an nth degree. I hang up the phone and start running. I get there just as the printer is almost on fire. I yank the cord and bless the low G's for allowing me to hold the printer into the airlock. I let the airlock void and settle down. Me. Okay. Who touched it last? X. I was trying to print out a tesseract. B. What did I say about printing anything that is more than 2D representations? X. Uh, don't? Me. Right. I walk back to my office and think about how bad my budget is going to hurt after this incident. Oh well, at least they respect me here, which is a nice change over some places I've been. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.